Welcome to the NASPP's Equity Expert Podcast Series. My name is Kathleen Cleary and I'm the Education Director for the NASPP. Today we're going to talk about ESPPs, Employee Stock Purchase Plans, and helping employees to participate. We'll be speaking with Aaron Shapiro of Carver Edison and he's going to talk to us about this interesting topic today. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that this podcast is actually one of a series of podcasts on various interesting and educational topics primarily related to equity and careers in equity. You can access the entire podcast series at naspp.com forward slash equity expert and that's all one word. Or you can subscribe to the podcast series and then you'll get an email whenever we post a new episode. So that's a great way to stay caught up on the latest. As I mentioned, today we'll be speaking with Aaron Shapiro from Carver Edison. Aaron founded Carver Edison in late 2016 when he realized that employee stock purchase plans, despite being such a highly lucrative investment opportunity for employees, are grossly underutilized. The company is backed by leading fintech entrepreneurs, including Eli Broverman, co-founder of Betterment, Jeff Crudenden, co-founder of Acorns, as well as leading industry executives. Prior to founding Carver Edison, Aaron was hired as the first investment professional at Edge Hill Endowment Partners, a Connecticut-based institutional investment firm co-founded by Ellen Schumann, an institutional investor magazine Lifetime Achievement Award recipient. Edge Hill focuses exclusively on investing the endowments of nonprofit organizations. During Aaron's tenure, Edge Hill's assets grew from $150 million to over $4 billion. His investment expertise developed through underwriting complex hedge funds and private equity investment opportunities. Aaron is a self-taught full-stack fintech programmer. He's a graduate of Babson College with a concentration in finance and he holds the FINRA Series 7 license. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Really excited to, to be here. Great topic. I'm super excited about it. Aaron, I believe you might have a little disclaimer you want to put in here. Yeah, before we jump in, the lawyers make me say this. Anything we cover in the podcast is not tax, legal, or financial advice um, and shouldn't be construed as that. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. So as I mentioned in the introduction, we're going to talk about employee stock purchase plans and helping employees to participate. Maybe the best way to get started is talking a little bit about ESPPs in general, maybe a brief history of where they came from and when they were created. Yeah, absolutely. Employee stock purchase plans were created in 1964 by President Johnson as part of the Tax Reduction Act. And this was the same piece of legislation that created Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. And what's so powerful about the history of ESPPs is that when you look at the 10 years before 1964, the stock market returned about 11% a year on an annualized basis. Well, if you go back 10 years from today, the stock market has returned about 11% a year for the past 10 years. So what's so powerful about the story of ESPPs is they were created at a time which is very similar to today to help rank and file employees participate and benefit from the appreciation in the stock market. And over time, what's happened, and it, it we'll get into this in um, a little bit later in, in the podcast, but what's happened over time 
is that for lack of sort of market and regulatory reasons, the people just haven't participated. So despite the fact that when ESPPs were created in 1964, the 25K limit, the famous 25K limit was created as part of that original legislation. So the median household was making about $6,000 and could contribute up to 25,000. That hasn't changed since 1964, except for the fact the median household income has obviously gone up as cost of living has increased considerably. And ESPPs have gone from an incredibly powerful financial tool that was designed really to make it possible for everyone to participate to something where nationally only about 30% of people participate. Yeah, Erin, it's such an amazing benefit available to employees. Why is participation so low? It's really twofold. Number one is the cost side of the equation. When you look at cities, the East Coast, the West Coast, and, and really increasingly almost anywhere in between, things have gotten really expensive. And when you consider the fact that ESPPs are after-tax plans, so contributions to the plan are being taken out on an after-tax basis, when people are done contributing to their 401k and health insurance, there's just, in a lot of cases, not enough money left in people's paycheck to meaningfully contribute their company's employee stock purchase plan, despite the fact that an ESPP, for the most part, is an opportunity that anyone in the institutional investment world would kill to have access to. The idea that you can buy stock at usually a 15% discount, sometimes even with a look back feature that goes all the way back, sometimes as far as 24 months, is really powerful. So the cost side of the equation is the first part of it. And the second is education. For most rank-and-file employees of public companies, it's hard to, to get the right education to those employees to really help them understand in a simplified way, sometimes in even their local languages, especially for the issuers out there that have multinational plans, what the stock plan is and, and how it works. So we at Carver Edison are, are working on sort of solving both sides of the equation to help public companies meaningfully increase uh, stock plan participation rates across the board. Well, Aaron, I understand that your passion for this particular topic actually began with sort of a personal story. Do you mind telling our audience how you first became interested in ESPPs and participation <laughs> rates? Yeah, it, it was completely an accident. As mentioned at the open, I, I used to be in the institutional investment world investing for nonprofits, and, and my job was to really run around the country looking for interesting ways to invest on behalf of these nonprofits. And it was actually my mom, who's a longtime employee at United Healthcare, the big health insurance company, who sat me down one day and said, hey, Aaron, you're, you're in the finance world. I need help making some more money. Can you help me come up with a plan? And I said, I don't know. What are the choices? And, and she said, well, I have this thing at work called an employee stock purchase plan. I, I really don't understand what it is and how it works, but here's the perspective. Tell me what you think. And I started reading through it, and I said, wait a second. This is incredible. At, at the time, it was a 15% discount plan with a look back. And um, over her time at United, she had the opportunity to make over a million dollars, which unfortunately she missed out on because she wasn't able to maximize her contributions. So the more and more I started looking at ESPPs, I, I realized that it, it, there were a lot of people, just like my mom in this case, um, who had access to an incredibly powerful financial benefit 
that was designed for them that they just couldn't participate in because for the most part they couldn't afford to or they didn't understand how the plan worked. So I really set out on a mission to try and figure out a better way to help America's working class and, and now beyond internationally participate in their stock plans and do it in a way that aligns entirely with the interests of shareholders. So employees can have more opportunity where if the company they work for happens to do well over time, they can benefit financially from that growth. But also shareholders can really generate and quantify the return on their investment in the ESPP. And a couple of years later, we're, we're still in the early innings here, but we're well on our way to, uh, to achieving that. Well, Aaron, like you, I'm a huge fan of ESPPs, and I think it's a wonderful opportunity for employees as well. So we talked a little about the history of ESPPs and why participation rates are so low. Where do we go from here? A couple places. For the most part, when we think about the future of ESPPs, what we're seeing is the expansion of the ESPP market. Now, of, of course, it's limited by things like mergers and acquisitions. But broadly, companies are making ESPPs part of their standard benefits package. And, and what's pretty unique is we look back at 2019 about what we've been able to do just from a uh, broad industry perspective is the private letter ruling on cashless participation, to summarize, makes it possible for employees of a public company to use cashless participation to end up on average with between 50 to 150% more stock without seeing their paycheck get any smaller. So when you, when you think about what that means over time, going back to the, the point about alignment of interest, employees now for maybe the first time ever are heavily incentivized on a, on a broad-based perspective do all they can do to see the stock price go go up because now they own more more shares but also when you think about it from a risk perspective there's concern about equity market valuations and the natural question is well if if equity market valuations are high why is higher stock plan participation a good thing and the answer especially when it comes to cashless participation is cashless participation makes it, it makes it possible for people to participate in their stock plan on a risk-adjusted basis so that they're not taking money away from their 401k or other places in their life to put it into the company's stock plan, they can actually decide a comfortable level where they where they uh, can participate in their ESPP while also making sure they can take advantage of some of the company's other benefits. And if things go well for the company, employees will make more money than ever. But if things don't go well for the company, because employees own more shares, they can diversify their broader holding of, uh, of investments. So 2020 is going to be certainly a really exciting year for ESPPs, but I think for the industry as well, uh, there are some regulatory initiatives that we're going to be leading the charge on in 2020 related to stock plans that I think will, hopefully if we're able to execute, address some of the big pain points for um, the industry that the industry has struggled with for, for some time around ESPPs and how you make these plans attractive enough to employees. Well, I think 2020 is going to be an exciting year for a lot of reasons. Aaron, certainly we're looking into an election year and, um, you know, I would say a lot of bets are off with that scenario. But as we think about winding up this podcast, do you have any final thoughts to leave with our audience? 
Yeah, employee stock purchase plans are one of the few tools out there that from an institutional shareholder perspective can deliver value to the employees, create a culture of ownership, but also actually generate a positive return on the investment. And especially in in a world where the proxy advisors are starting to look more carefully at equity compensation plans, ESPPs are a really efficient corporate finance vehicle for delivering opportunity to employees. And especially when you think about ESPPs in relation to other forms of equity comp, like RSUs, for example, for the issuers of the world, especially who have conservative corporate finance teams, you can actually walk into your corporate finance team's office and with some pretty simple back of the envelope math, explain why ESPPs is either a complement or even in some cases as a replacement to broad-based RSU programs would allow the company to show to institutional investors that a, that a culture of ownership is being created at the company while also really considering the effects of dilution and share utilization that folks tend to, um, to really care about. And, and I would just say, lastly, employee stock purchase plans are not sort of the, the flavor of the time. ESPPs have been around since, as I mentioned, 1964. They've been around for a really long time. They're going to be around for a really long time. And we're excited about all the great progress uh, some pioneering brands have made when it comes to their ESPPs. And I mean, you see it with some of the IPOs this year, Slack, Peloton, uh, and others have included ESPPs at IPO. And I think going forward, um, we expect to see a lot more companies enhance their ESPP offering and really provide employees with an opportunity to participate meaningfully in their company's stock plan while not having to choose between the ESPP and, uh, and other types of benefits. Sounds like we have a lot to look forward to. That's exciting. And we'll see where we go from here. So I just want to tell you, thanks so much, Aaron, for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think that you gave our listeners a lot of good information, maybe to take back to their companies and think about. I think it's exciting that it's more feasible for employees to participate in their ESPPs because like you, I'm a huge fan of these plans. And I always think that it's a shame that uh, participation isn't higher. So uh, look forward to seeing growth in that area. And just again, thank you for your time. And I also just want to say thanks to everyone who listened in today. And remember that you can access all the podcasts in the Equity Expert series at naspp.com forward slash equity expert. Thank you, everyone.